Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek III The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker. That makes me your other co-host, Chris LaSalle. Chris, happy Friday. We are there. Hey, and to you, sir. Yes, another week. Yes, another week gone by. And we are moving on to minute number 24. And this minute starts with Kirk finishing his thought, he's home, resting comfortably. And ends with Kirk saying, then you know how bravely your son met his death. So we meet another... Vulcan in this minute, and I believe I said a couple of minutes ago that we would talk about emotions again with Vulcans, and we'll get there, but I just wanted to remind everybody that that's going to be a subject, um, with particularly with this new Vulcan that we're going to see. Sure. Um, so Kirk says, um, you know, he's home, resting comfortably, pumped full of tranquilizers. Tranquilizers. Mm. Um, they say it's exhaustion. He promised me he'd stay put. We Well, we'll see. A lot of information in that one line. And I think we, we, we should, he's talking about McCoy. Yes. So gives a little bit of a carryover from last minute where who are asked about him. Um, yeah, lots of information. So resting comfortably, pumped full of tranquilizers. Is that, isn't that kind of contradictory? A little bit. Um, and that sounds like a bummer. <laughs> Kirk doesn't seem too concerned. He doesn't, but then he throws in the line, they say it's exhaustion. He promised me he'd be he'd stay put. Well, we'll see. So it's almost as if he doesn't believe that he's going to stay put. I feel like the whole line is a contradiction of he's resting comfortably, he's full of tranquilizers, but he may or may not he may or may not stay put. Like I feel like it's just a whole contradiction of you know, I think the only thing that stands out is they say it's exhaustion. Like they don't know they don't know why he's acting the way he is. Yeah, at least we finally get a little bit of a, oh, what the heck is going on with him? I mean, when last we saw him, right, he was in Spock's quarters, passed out in Kirk's arms. Yep. Um, so right. that's at least kind of, seems like a good ex- explanation. You know, it's good that he's not in, like, you know, Starfleet Medical, or they have him completely sedated in some, you know, strapped down to some bed because he was acting mental. Right. Um, you know, he... You know, he's at home, hopefully going to stay there. Right. Which which makes you wonder, like, is, is there yet another scene we've missed where he's out wandering around like he shouldn't be? Yeah. I mean, I, you know me, I love foreshadowing, so I feel like this is just a line that's primed for something, some shenanigans are going to happen. I like the, speaking of shenanigans, do you see Uhura's reaction to that last line? He promised me he'd stay put, we'll see. And Uhura's eyebrows go up like, Pfft. Are you are you serious? He's not staying put. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Almost like they neither of them believe that line. Like it's almost like he says he promised me he'd stay there. Well, we'll see. Like neither Kirk or Hora believe that he will stay put. Exactly. Exactly. So then the door the do, is it a doorbell? Are we a doorbell ring? Is that? Yeah, it's a, like a little little doorbell. Yeah. And then uh, Kirk believes that it's uh you know Mr. Scott who's not who's not present at the the uh, toasting. So they believe he believes, ah, Mr. Scott. And then uh, 
we see our mysterious Vulcan enter, and it's Ambassador Sarek. Did you, did you think, I don't know if you remember this, the first time you saw it, did you think that was Spock in the doorway? I didn't, but um, I wonder if they could have... <sighs> yeah, I, d- I didn't think it was Spock. Um, and just uh, for me, maybe it was my age, you know, seeing it for the first time. I I remember doing probably having a little bit of a gasp, like, oh, you know, the ghost of Spock, <laughs> you know? Or, um, I, I was wondering if they could have played it up where it, you know, looked like McCoy or something, you know, where... I get that they may have been trying to do a little bit of a fake out mm-hmm. here, like they did with, um, you know, the voice. <laughs> Just don't go to that well too many times, where you're trying to fake the audience out, you know. Um, but no, I don't. I don't think I would have bought that. That was that was Spock. It doesn't. Okay. Yeah. I was just thinking the, you know, if you just go back to the previous minute where, you know, Savick and David found a life form on Genesis, you know, the, right. One could make the leap of they went down there picked him up hey it's Spock they brought him home and this is him showing up at Kirk's house yeah but All right. we know so Star Trek well enough that they're not going to do that I'm going to put that back on 13 year old Chris <laughs> um, I, and then I love uh, you know he comes in he's like I had no idea you were here and you know I believe you know my crew and Sarek ever the Vulcan I will speak with you alone Kirk <laughs> you know very commanding and you know and then um so they're in kirk's apartment i feel like it's weird that um everybody leaves the room and not them leave the room right like they don't go to another room and be like you know excuse us for a moment while we have a conversation it's basically please excuse us and they all like how vast is kirk's apartment where are they hanging out in his bedroom like how uncomfortable is that (laughs) That's what I. That's what my note was. I'm like, where are they? Did they go to Kirk's bedroom? <laughs> I mean, are they huddled in the bathroom? I mean, where, where, are, where are they? They're all there gossiping. Oh, why do you think Sarah's here? What's going yeah, on? What's going on? I don't understand. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, but we get a better view of his um, apartment in this scene too. Yeah. To your point, which last minute you had mentioned about you know going back and watching Khan and seeing um, if it matched and. I agree. I think it looks primarily like his original, you know, with the fireplace and um, all the artwork and the, the guns and everything, all the naval items. It definitely looks like his original apartment. Yeah. There is one difference that I that I did spot, um, which is which I it's actually cool um, in Search for Spock uh, over by the windows. There's a, um, a, a diving helmet. Like a, like yes. A, a yes. Naval diving helmet. That was not. Uh, in the original film, or uh, sorry, in Rathcon, there was uh, actually nothing by the window. So that's that's a new addition. Yeah, he must have um, either his interior decorator found it for him, or when he got back from uh, you know Rathcon tour, he um, he went on eBay and uh, and found it. <laughs> right. He's also missing his computer, the uh, the Radio Shack. Computer. Oh yes, yeah. he is. <laughs> So a couple, a couple of small changes, but yeah, for the most part, it's the same, the same set. And even the, the, um, all the right. armor and stuff that's hanging above his fireplace, yep. all that was in the, was in Rathacon too. You just didn't get as good of a look at it. Right. Um, so, you know, 
they all shuttle off into the bathroom. Kirk says, you know, uh, Ambassador, I would have would have come to Vulcan to express my deepest sympathy. And I feel like as good of friends as Spock and Kirk were, I feel disappointment in this moment because I would have thought who would have been the first person I would have told about Spock's death. It would have been his mother and father. Yeah, especially... Right? Isn't that kind of a military tradition, too? Like, where you you go notify next of kin? Right. And I maybe he did, but I just feel like this is him saying, and maybe he couldn't. And, you know, maybe he, you know, I'm trying to rationalize why he might not have said anything. But I feel like even knowing Kirk, you know, in all of his experiences, he would have ignored regulation and would have told at least Sarek. And said, you know, your son, you know, died bravely during, you know, something that transpired. And uh, I, even if he didn't give him all the information, he would have at least let him know. And I feel like it's just such a, it's such a weird, a weird comment. And I, you know, I don't, I, I, I feel like the way it was written, I feel like he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have done that. I agree. But there's also, you know, when, when the beginning of the film and the enterprise is coming back and you know they're not getting any any responses from starfleet and there's definitely weirdness already going on and so maybe it was just like hey we need you to come straight home there's no detours you can't you know and you know communication lockdown there's no you can't talk about anything so maybe maybe he just wasn't allowed to do any of that stuff but it also you feel you feel feel for Sarek, right? You know, because he's if he throws that line into Kirk's face, like, spare me your human platitudes. I've been to your government. I've seen the chess information, your own report. So you feel for him that ugh, he learned about all of, he learned about the death of his son through all this presumably yeah. bureaucracy of the government and reading reports from, you know, I feel for him. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, you know, when he says it, you know, he even, you know, he's, he throws Kirk's humanity aside and says, bear me your human platitudes, Kirk. And, you know, then he said, he goes into, you know, I have been to your government. I've seen the Genesis information in your own report. Um, I feel like he's angry. I, I, yeah, I sense total <laughs> anger there and frustration. And that is totally not Vulcan. So not Vulcan. And, and you're right. I don't even know if it's a sense thing. It's like, yeah, he's mad. And, yeah. And you see it. And for me, this this moment, I mean, we have, we've, so we've met Sarek before. Obviously, he was in yep. in the original series. Um, yeah. A cold fish, as, as Vulcans can be labeled. But, you know, unemotional. Um, he was on an episode of... <laughs> Of the animated series, uh, but I'll throw that one aside. Uh, but this is kind of the so this is you know the first time we're seeing him again since the original series. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, nice to see a character being brought back. But for me, this moment right now has kind yeah. of has kind of redefined Sarek for me. Like now, I always think of him as this grumpy, angry Vulcan. You know, even yeah, with, a little you know, bit. Even even though he's going to have a you know a bit of an arc over the next couple of films. I, right. This is who I think of, you know, I'm like, I, I just picture now any interaction Sarah has with somebody, he's like in their face, like, spare me your platitudes. 
you know, <laughs> I'm not putting up your a little bit. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that yeah, watching him in the original series, he was always, you know, to use your words, cold fish. You know, very emotionless and you know stoic. And here, I think, is the beginning of new Sarek, and he is grumpy old man. <laughs> I mean, I, I granted, he is his. He found out his. It goes back to the line before too. He just he found out his son is dead. He found out what happened, and he found out that Kirk didn't tell him, for whatever reason, whether it was regulations or not. Yeah, I can't blame the dude for being angry, Vulcan or not. Like, right? I want answers, man. You know what's interesting, and I'm over over generalizing right now, but in Star Trek universe, Vulcans are you know emotionless. Uh, beings, or they're always, you know, have learned to control their emotions and whatever. It's pretty much every Vulcan we've ever met in the series for, a, you know, any length of time. They all show their emotions at one point or another, don't they? A little bit, yeah. And I just find that interesting that, but we still, but we still say that, like, oh yeah, Vulcans, no, no emotions and stuff, but they all do. They all mm-hmm. show them at some point, and maybe that makes them their their reactions to things is even stronger when you do see anger like this you're like whoa right yeah you must be mad <laughs> right if i can see that if i can see his anger through his you know emotional filter he must be mad um, right i guess maybe for me that's one of the things i enjoy about the the vulcan characters is when you get to see that emotion it really it, i don't know just emphasizes their feelings more and right yeah i like that oh yeah definitely yeah i'm a big sarek fan particularly in the next couple of movies you know i love his um how he he's portrayed and even the little bit of emotions that we see uh coming through and we'll see more in the next you know the next minute but i i yeah i totally yeah we've only seen a few vulcans here in the in, in the you know we get to know them yeah get to know and them. we and we totally and we I, I totally agree with you 100% that they do show some semblance of emotion and I'm, and I'm a little tainted by Sarek too because one of my favorite episodes from the next generation is the one where he is um, he has that condition that uh, he can't control his emotions anymore and it affects people because of his you know the mental powers that they have and it begins to affect the crew and how Picard takes the emotions in so that he can, you know, whatever his mission was, I'm not 100% remembering, but I remember the the feeling I get when watching Picard and all his emotions and even Sarek being, you know, mad at people, you know, I don't have anything wrong with me and, you know, Picard, but, you know, the roller coaster of emotions and you just see like, in that in that episode, you you realize like what they are holding back. Yeah. And when we see just that little bit of it, even here, you know, a little bit of anger, you know, a little bit of a, uh, you know, Savic in the in the previous movie, you know, the 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 breath in, you know, even when we just see a little bit, and I agree one hundred percent, and I know I'm saying what you're saying is, uh, it, it it comes out, it it is it is a big thing. Yeah, Sarek is a. I mean, we all know Sarek. But I would say I never go, you know, if I'm thinking about if I'm thinking about Star Trek or just talking about Star Trek in general, I never go to Sarek's character as a, oh yeah, you know, who I really love. But you know what? I really, 
when you do talk about yeah Sarek is a great character and it's so cool that he has shown up you know elsewhere outside the films and later in next generation and he's a powerful character and I'm, I'm glad they've you know they've explored his life you know in addition to all the main characters you know what I mean he's he, he's a really good secondary character right yeah um, and then you know we finally get to the end of the minute you know Kirk after sort of looking a little abashed mm-hmm. at being, you know, admonished by um, Sarek, you know, he sort of looks down a little bit and looks even more melancholy. And then he sort of, you know, puts up the, you know, then you know how bravely your son met his death. That's an interesting way of putting it. I've never really th- thought about that, you know, Spock being brave. Mm-hmm. I, I've always thought, you know, Spock, you know, obviously gave his life to to save yeah save the the ship um and i like it oh i totally buy that he was brave. yeah no i i do i just never really thought about it in in that term in those terms i guess and and i and i really like the way kirk i mean it's a great line you know just then you know yeah. your, your son met his death like whoa okay that's a really if you're gonna say something to a <laughs> to a parent you know but trying to make them feel better that's right. a great that's a great one and um but yeah, Spock being brave did not. It's not the first place I go, but it but it makes total sense. Hmm. So we talked a little bit about changing the subject a little bit. Talked a little bit about Robert Fletcher, the costume designer, last yep. minute, and he's done all the uniforms, and he he was responsible for all the casual wear that we're seeing um, in this film for 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 good or bad. Um, but one of the things he also did, he designed costumes. I guess he, he wanted to he wanted to come up with stories or backstories for everybody's clothing that they wore, and you know, maybe that's a little bit of why Sulu's outfit looks cooler than, say, Chekhov's, and, and maybe why maybe why right. Uhura's outfit, you know, very you know, jumps out at you as being African because that she is from the continent. Um, but one of the things too is he designed Sarek's outfit. So this is, I guess, casual wear. For you know, he's not in, he's not in uniform, uh, right? But the uh, the 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 stone necklace that he's wearing, yep. uh, it's apparently supposed to be representative of Vulcan's level of consciousness. So there is there's meaning to um, to oh, okay. what he's wearing. I don't know specifically what the meaning is, uh, but we'll have to keep an eye on that too, because. I think we see more of Sarek. I think he has, I think he has a costume change later. Uh, and these, you know, these necklaces, or I don't, know if it, I don't even know what it is, or maybe it's just something that's holding his robe together. Uh, it's got a very, very distinct look to me, and it's very, very Vulcan. Uh, and that's all from uh, our pal Robert Fletcher. Yep, intergalactic jumpsuits and Vulcan casual wear. It's amazing, right? If you can have with even within the whole one series or one, you know, mm-hmm. franchise, you can have all these knock them out of the parks and uh, these total duds. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um so tell me that you're I'm not the only person who thinks this now that when you see Sarek walk past Kirk, he takes off his robe and then you see his outfit that you did not think he was a Jedi Knight. Uh, I, 110%. All he needed to do is now whip out a lightsaber when he turned around. Yep. Um, 
yeah, he's got the he throws off the robe, and then even what he's wearing looks like something Anakin would have had. Or <laughs> yes, he's got like the. I don't know the 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 pat. He's got like the robe underneath, and he's got like the co- the the vest thing un- covering him, and he's got the belt. And I just feel like that is totally a Jedi's outfit. And I have to wonder if George Lucas saw this and was like, "Oh, that's an awesome outfit." Oh my I god, think I'm gonna use that. Star Trek inspired the Jedi. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Sarek and we, you've heard it here for Sarek inspires the Jedi. I love it. That's a great theory. I mean, the collar's a little... He's got the popped collar going, um, which I'm sure George was like, nah, don't do pop collars. Um, but I definitely... Uh, <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of when he... He even, like, in a flourish, he takes the robe off, and it's like... And underneath... Yeah, you're just waiting for him right. to be like... And, you know, have the lightsaber out there. The only thing that takes away from it is he doesn't throw the robe on the floor, right? He takes it off. I think he throws it over his arm, which I think Jedi, Jedi usually when they're... Well, I think he throws it over the chair. Oh, does he? Yeah, the one of the chairs that's in front of him. Because pretty much any time you see a Jedi take off their robe like that, they're getting ready to fight. Right? So the yeah. robe just ends up wherever. Can I, since we're talking about robes and Jedis, and I've, I, I don't own a, I don't own a robe like this. I'm just going to say that right <laughs> now. I'm going to say that right now. Just full disclosure. I do not. <clears throat> However, I, I, I've hooded sweatshirts. Yep. And... Um, I've never worn a hood ever and looked as cool as actors do in films, whether it's Sarek here with his hood on at the beginning of this minute or a Jedi with their hoods on. I would, Oh yeah. I, I never understood. I never understand how their, their hoods are so deep. How do they not just fall over it on top of their face? Do you know what I mean? That's what uh, people like Robert Fletcher are there for is they're designing these hoods to fit perfectly over their heads. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I wear zipped up sweatshirts all the time, and you know, when I go to the ball game or whatever, and it's cold out, I put my hood up. I'm, yeah, I don't look cool like that. I look like a doofus. Yeah, right. It's a hanging in your face or something. So you gotta, yeah. or you, you know, or you pull the strings real tight, so it's just you know, just your eyeballs and your nose sticking out. Right. Yeah. Jedi don't do that. Vulcans don't do that. They just no, look cool. cool. <sighs> Very cool. So we need that. We need the fashion designers of the world to figure that out. We need that. I, yeah. I want to. I want to be able to wear a hood, and look cool. I feel like it would be have to be huge though. Like I feel like you know when you see Sarah come in for the first time, he's got like the. It's a huge hood. I feel like the sweatsh- I feel like half the sweatshirt would be the hood. <laughs> exactly. But same thing with the Jedi. Giant hoods. Anyway, just something I've always wondered. All right, man. I think that's a. Uh... I think that's all I had for this minute. Okay. Yeah, me too. I this is a good minute. I like I'm a, I'm a big fan of Sarek, so and I feel like he We're only getting started with him. I was just gonna say you're gonna really enjoy next week then. Yeah. We're only getting started. Alright. Well then uh shall we wrap it up and go enjoy the weekend? Yes. Definitely. Sweet. Sweet. All right, guys. Well, then we'll be back again on Monday. But in the meantime, um, you know, we haven't done a little bit. We haven't given a shout out to the Star Wars Minute. Um, Star Wars Minute started years ago now. by uh, Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson, uh, they're the ones that got this whole thing started, uh, inspired Dave and I to put together Star Trek Minute and also inspired about 100 other teams (laughs) to put together their own (laughs) their own minutes. 
And right now, if you go out to moviesbyminutes.com, you can see the full list of all the all the movies that are uh, in production right now that are being analyzed one minute at a time. Uh, I guarantee you uh, there's another movie out there that you enjoy that's being covered one minute at a time, so go check it out. Uh, and thanks again to Pete uh, Retail and Alex Robinson for uh, loaning the format out to us. Yes. And uh, one thing I wanted to mention about, uh, you know, we're all... We're all big fans of Star Trek. You know, you wouldn't be listening otherwise, I guess, unless you love me and Chris. Um, but uh, coming up September 10th and September 13th is uh, the re-release of Wrath of Khan, the 35, 35th anniversary edition. Um, I think you can go out to, like, Fathom Events, and I think they have the, you know, the you can buy tickets. Um, Chris and I are going to be attending uh, on September 10th, which will be Sunday, um, the 2 o'clock show up in New Hampshire. And um, we hope you all go out and, and revisit and post in the Federation and remember how awesome this movie was. And I think this is going to be really cool seeing it in theaters. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see it with you, Chris. This will be great. I'm totally excited. I have not seen it in a theater since it originally came out. Uh, and you and I hadn't met yet when that came out. So uh, yep. so this will be the first time you and I see it on the big screen. Uh, it's going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited. I just wanted to put that out there um, before we closed out the the minutes. Awesome. Well, then I'll see you in a couple of days. Yes. All right, guys. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy Rathacon, and we'll see you next week when we talk about minute 25 of Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Bye. <laughs>